The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6 if you have your Bibles. If not, that's fine too. You can follow along on the screen. Hey, I, uh, I'm not up here a whole lot, so I want to take just a minute and introduce myself, let you know who I am. I know most of you know me, but if you don't, my name is Alan. I'm the crazy guy that works with the teenagers over there on Thursday nights. Every once in a while, I get to come over here and talk to the adults, and that's what we're going to do this morning. I am going to do something just a little bit different before I get into my sermon, and since I'm not up here often, uh, I want to give a quick update about the teenagers and just our, our youth department and what's going on over there. I will say that we've been working with the teenagers now um, uh, on staff for about uh, a year, a little over a year, and then we volunteered with them for uh, about a year or so before that. And uh, I, I want to say just in the time that we've been in there, we've seen so much growth and not just in the numbers, we've seen a lot of spiritual growth. And I think that um, the kids have really just adapted to the program. We've seen a lot of uh, victories in their lives and, and uh, just super encouraging to see all of that. Um, I do have a couple pictures we're going to throw up. And this is just so you get a, a visual idea of, uh, of what goes on on a Thursday night over in our youth department. It's very similar to what happens in here on a Sunday morning. It is a little more lively. There's a little more games and a lot more food. Uh, but uh, it, it just just very similar to what we do. We have a time of worship. Um, I think the next next picture here is actually our worship team just taking a, a minute to pray before we get the service started and get things kicked off. I will say I didn't mention this uh, first service, but I want to be sure I mention uh, this service. You'll notice that Hunter is in these pictures. He has been a huge blessing to us. I know that he um, uh, has. I have no musical ability at all. I really wish I did. Um, but but I, I just don't, and I really want that to be a part of our program and what we're doing. He's just come along and uh, really worked with uh, the talent that these kids have, and, and we've had an opportunity to implement that into the program. But uh, just a quick update of, of what's going on over there. I will say continue to pray for us. Uh, thank you so much for those of you that have given financially. I know many of you have, and we've, we've been able to do a lot with the money that's, that's been given. We still have uh, some things that we want to get taken care of, and, and uh, thank you so much for that. Continue to pray. I'll also say this. Over the next couple of weeks, this is a really busy season for our young people, and uh, that includes our juniors all the way up through the, uh, the high school and the youth department. But we have a holiday this week, the 4th of July, most, most of you probably know. And then the, the next week after that, we have junior Bible camp. And uh, that's going to be going on right here, I think, in the auditorium, but right here at the church. And that's for the younger kids. Be in prayer about that. Pray that, um, I know a lot of you have, have uh, already donated things, and some of you are going to be donating your time, but be praying about that. The week right after that, we're taking a group of about 20. We are taking 20 uh, to a, a camp. Uh, in California, it's in the desert. I've not actually been there. I, I'm kind of new to this. Bryn did go last year as a volunteer, um, but we're really excited about that. I know a lot of the kids have been uh, just, just preparing for that. I also, I also want to say this. Thank you so much uh, to, the, to the parents and to the church for being involved in our youth department in so many different ways. And uh, I mentioned already financially, but so many of you are praying for us, and I know that because you tell me. And I know that because sometimes you stop by my office and you pray with me about our teenagers. And I, I really appreciate that um, for parents that are, that are taking your kids through discipleship. And, and we need that support. And we're not going to be successful without the support of the church and the parents. And that's just been a huge blessing to us. So thank you so much for that. We're going to look now in Matthew chapter number 6. And I'm going to start reading verse number 3. Stand with me if you would, if you're physically able. I'm going to start reading in verse number 33 
of chapter number six, and then we're actually just going to go right through the chapter. We're going to go right out of the chapter and right on into the next one, chapter number seven, and uh, we'll read that passage, passage, and we'll get right into it this morning. The Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Here's a verse that we all know, we're all familiar with, judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall, uh, shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast thou out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend to you. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for this day, Lord, and I thank you so much for our church, Lord. I thank you for the early service and, and uh, how we saw you work there, Lord. I pray that you would be with uh, be with us during this service, Lord. Give me the words to say, Lord. I pray that you would give me uh, clarity of thought. I pray that you would uh, just help us stay focused and, and allow everyone to uh, understand what I'm saying, that we could get something from it so that we could better serve you. It's your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, I'm going to talk about the subject of focus. Now, I think this is, this is a pretty general subject. I think that we all understand the importance of focus. And I was trying to think of a couple of illustrations of times that I've lost my focus. I've done it a lot. and Maybe you've been around me when I've lost my focus. But uh, I, I was thinking of a time a few years ago, our church in, in the Indianapolis area, every year we did a ladies retreat. And so that was the one time a year that I was at home with the kids and Bryn was away. It didn't happen often, but every once in a while I was there with them by myself. And for the most part, my kids were kind of young at the time, but for the most part I could trust them. I just kind of needed to focus on checking up with them and making sure everything was going good every few minutes. And uh, at one point I realized that I hadn't seen Lily in quite some time. And so I asked Lucas, hey, have you seen Lily? And he said, yeah, she's in the other room doing her makeup. Now she's three, she doesn't wear makeup. And so I realized right away, oh, we got a problem. And so I, uh, I went in to check on her, and I think we've got a picture here. This is actually what I found when I got in the other room. She had, in fact, done her makeup. And this is what she said. She said, I look like mommy. And she did. She did. Um, kind of. Maybe a little bit. But uh, uh, so I, I, you know, I scolded her and told her to wash her face off and all that good stuff and didn't tell mom about it till this day. I'm just kidding. She saw it on Facebook. Uh, but <laughs> in, in any event... Uh, I, I, lost, I lost my focus for just a minute, and, and something happened. I got to thinking about it, and you know, there have been times in, uh, in my life that something more serious comes from it. And this is actually one of my favorite stories, and I just wanted to tell it. But one time we, we went on a trip, uh, a vacation, and we were in Costa Maya, and we were, we were walking. I like to get away from the tourist areas, and I like to find uh, kind of off the beaten path. And there was a, a man there, and he had got my attention, and he said, <clears throat> said, hey, bring your family over here, and you can get a picture with a baby lion. I was like, wow, that sounds super cool, you know. Hey, kids, come on, you know, let's go see a lion. And so we went over, and he had a, a baby crib there, and he had a lion in the baby crib. And he said, you know, you could sit down right here, and uh, 
I'll put the lion on, on your lap. And so Bryn sat down, the kids sat down. We have the first picture here of, of what that looked like. And he had, uh, you can see the lion's kind of looking down there. That man had like a rattle, and he, he was just kind of keeping the lion's attention down underneath that. And something caught his attention. And instead of rattling, uh, he turned to look at something else that was going on. And also the lion lost focus. And that looked like this. The lion, it literally got, got angry. It's one of my favorite pictures. The lion literally got angry. You could see Lily just in shock. And the split second after this, the kids bolted. Bryn's left there taming the lion, the great lion tamer, we call her. Um, but but I, I, I didn't lose focus now. I got the picture. Um, so I, I kept my focus. But there, there are so many things. There are so many things in our lives that I think pull focus away. And uh, sometimes there are things that can pull our focus away from something we know we should be focusing on, something that's important. You know, probably every one of us here this morning, we believe and we understand that God has designed us for something specific, that God has a specific plan for our life. And I probably don't really need to tell you that you understand that that is the best thing for us. We know that God's plan for our life is better than anything else that we could plan for our lives because he knows us better and he knows our future and he understands our weaknesses and what God has for us. We know how important it is, but sometimes we still lose focus. I want to say this, if you're here this morning and you don't know God's plan for your life, there's a, a lot of people that don't know, and I, I'll be honest, I don't know all of the plans that God has for my life, but it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, it doesn't matter what kind of car you drive, it doesn't matter what color your skin is, what you look like, it doesn't matter uh, what kind of job you have or how much money you make. God has a plan for your life. And God's plan for your life is so much better than you could ever imagine what your plan could possibly be for your life. And, and I, I want to say that to say this. The, the sermon this morning is about focusing, but I want you to understand the real value of keeping our focus on him, keeping our focus on what God has for us. We, we know uh, how important it is, but sometimes we still lose focus. You know, one thing that I love about God's plan for my life is not only is it specific to me, but I love the fact that it doesn't depend necessarily on anyone else. Uh, sometimes we tend to, and we're going to get into this in a minute, but sometimes we tend to project things on other people in order for us to find fulfillment. If this person will do what I want, if they'll say what I want, if they'll think these things about me like I want, sometimes we do that in people groups. I think this has been amplified with social media, right? You get on social media and you post something, you're like, man, that's been up 10 minutes. I got one like, come on, people. My life is better than this. You know, we're, we're looking for people to, to uh, approve of what we do and we're looking for people uh, to give us that affirmation. But the truth is, God's plan for our life is not dependent on what somebody else thinks of us or how somebody else behaves. Or God knows how they're gonna behave and God knows what they think of us. And we, we can focus on what he has for us. I'll say this too. If you do lose, lose focus, and we all do at times, it doesn't necessarily mean that that thing that you're focusing on is a bad thing. I think sometimes that we, we tend to kind of qualify the things that we're focusing on by saying, well, this is a very important thing. Now, just because what you're focusing on is a good thing and an important thing, it doesn't mean it's as good or as important as what God has for you. Again, I want to go back to, to point out that there is nothing better than God's plan for my life. And if there's anything, no matter how good it is, that pulls my focus away 
from God, it places me in a position where I can't soak up all that God has for me. I want you to understand the motivation of the sermon this morning. I'm not saying work harder and try harder and try to, try to do these things so that God can approve of you and he can pour out his blessings on you. What I'm saying is God has something. He already has blessings for your life. And what I'm saying is position yourself in the best place possible to receive what he has for you. Receive the, the plan that God has for your life. You know, uh, another example, and uh, I'll say, I said this in the first service, I tend to have much longer introductions, so we're, get, we're getting to the sermon here, but in our, uh, in our country, we're all familiar with something that, uh, 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 a medical thing that is called ADHD or uh, ADD, we're all familiar with that. And I think that even some of us maybe have experienced that on some level, or we know someone that has. And really what that is, is it, it, it's a, a problem focusing uh, sometimes someone that, that might have ADD or ADHD, they just, trouble, they just have trouble focusing on the things that they need to or the things that are important. And we've, we've seen this uh, played out in young people's lives and even, even in older people's lives, the importance of focus. You know, ADD or ADHD is, is highly treatable and, the, and doctors have found that it's difficult to succeed in life if you can't focus. If you have trouble focusing, it's difficult to succeed. And the truth is, that carries over into the spiritual world as well. If we can't focus, it's difficult for us to, to receive what it is that, ha that God has for us. And I want to talk specifically about focusing this morning. You might be sitting here this morning and you might think, you know what? I'm pretty good at focusing. And some of us probably are better than others. I mentioned this in the first service too, but we do this, uh, we do this uh, exercise in our connection group. It's actually one of my favorites. How many of you are, I, I'm just curious, how many of you are actively in a connection group? You, you're in a Bible study. If you're not, find out about it. These are, these are really great. This is a, a huge part of our church. And one of the things that we do in our connection group, we, we, uh, if, if you've been in one or if you haven't, we have a Bible study that we hand out. Uh, each week at the end of the sermon. We go around the room and we just uh, have some questions that we've answered. We've prepared ahead of time to do that. One of the things that I'll do is when we finish answering those questions, we'll go back around the room and we'll let our spouse answer for us. And believe me, we get different answers. When your spouse is answering a question for you about, about something they see in your life, they, they often have a different answer for it. And I'll bet if you were to ask your spouse if you were to ask your kids, if you were to ask your best friend, if you ever have trouble focusing, they might have a different answer than you do. Maybe if you're, uh, maybe if you're a wife and you're thinking about a time that you've tried to get your husband's attention. Bryn does this to me a lot of times. She'll say, hey, dinner's ready. She's learned just to do it once and, you know, give up on me. But she'll say, hey, dinner's ready. And maybe I'm focusing on the playoffs. The playoffs are on and I'm, I'm watching the game. Or maybe I'm on my computer. Maybe I'm focusing on the back of my eyelids. I do that from time to time. And there's, there's other things that are more important to me in that moment. But, but in, in the spiritual world, we sometimes do the same thing. And I feel like sometimes God is saying, hey, I've got this incredible thing for you. I, ha I have this thing that it's, it's going to give you fulfillment and it's going to make you happy. This is it. I know you. I know you like nobody else knows you and I have what you need. But we find ourselves focusing on other things. Now, I'll also say this as I'm wrapping up my introduction. There are some things in our lives that we have no control over. And I understand that. I, I do want to address that. There are, there are people in our lives that sometimes do things that affect us that we can't control. 
We can't really control whether or not somebody likes us. We can't control whether they stay in a relationship or they choose to leave. We can't control. There's so many things when it comes to, to relationships that we can't control. There are circumstances around us that we can't control. But what we can control is what we choose to focus on. And we're going we're gonna to get to that in just a minute. Think about this, and I'll use this as an example, and we'll jump into it. Think about that time that you got your car, when you got the car that you're driving right now. Now, it honestly doesn't matter if you bought that car new or if you got it used. When you went to purchase that car, you probably looked it over. You know, there's either a salesman or maybe an individual there, and they're, they're focusing on all the good stuff, right? They're telling you, hey, man, you know, this thing's only got this many miles on it, and it, it works this way. It drives super smooth. I just put new tires on it. And when you're looking to buy that car, and even when you first got it and you pull up and you, you show your friends a car you just bought, you're focusing on those things too. Man, it, it, it's got heated seats, or maybe the seat's cool, and it's got... Um, it, it just drives so smooth and the, the, uh, the windows are tinted, all these, all these things that you choose to focus on. But what about if you were to take somebody out to look at your car right now that you've had maybe for a couple of years? You might focus on something else. You might say, well, yeah, it's all right, but when you turn the air on, the heat blows. You've you got to do that backwards. And the, the, when you hit the lock button, the back passenger door doesn't lock, but all the rest of them do. You know, it's really a pain, but you have to open it and lock that door and then shut it back. We start to focus on, on some of the negatives because our, all of a sudden our, our, our focus has shifted. And we do this really in, in every area of our lives. We're going to get to that as well. But um, I, I want you to understand how important focus is in every area of our lives, in relationships. Whenever you start to fall in love, you're focusing on that act. You're, you're focusing on falling in love rather than being in love. And I think romantic comedies kind of reinforce this, this story. Uh, in, in a romantic comedy, you watch it and it's all, about, it's all about the chase, you know. It's all about finding that perfect person and then falling in love. Did you ever notice that they always end when they get married, right? Uh, a fairy tale. If you, if you watch Disney movies or any, any type of fairy tale, it, it goes through this, this great chase where the, this, the, the princess and the beast or whoever it is, I don't watch a lot of that stuff, they fall in love though. The story's always the same. They fall in love. You know what you, know what you don't see is they don't have a, a fairy tale, a tale after they get married. Now, I, I read something this week that said that's because marriage isn't always a fairy tale. That's probably true, but that's because the, the, the focus all of a sudden shifts, that, that we're focusing on something else. So let's, let's get into it this morning, uh, and, and I'll, I'll give you a, a spoiler real quick. This is where we're headed. Philippians chapter number 3, verse number 10, the very beginning says that I may know him, and that's where we want to keep our focus. We want to keep our focus on him and knowing him. So number one, are you focused on your purpose or your problem? Are you focused on your purpose or your problem. Philippians chapter number 1 verse 21 says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose I wot not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart to be with Christ, which is far better, nevertheless I abide in the flesh is more needful for you, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you for the furtherance of joy and faith. Here we see a picture of Paul, and he's at he's at a very low point of his life. He has a big problem. What that problem is, is he's in prison. He's had his freedom taken away from him. He's had, he's had everything literally taken away from him. Uh, he, he has a jailer that's, that's uh, attached to him 24 hours a day. He's in a low point in his life. But as we read this, he, he's saying, 
I'm going to focus on Christ. For me to live is Christ. This is what I want to focus on. Rather than focusing on this problem that's in my life, and, it, and it's so clear. And sometimes we, we find ourselves in that situation where the problem is so overwhelming, it's hard to focus on anything else. But I, I would dare say that we've probably not found ourselves in this type of a problem. Not, not quite this specific. He's, he's approaching death very literally, and here he is in, in this type of problem, and he's choosing to focus on what his purpose is rather than focusing on what his problem is. You know, the, the purpose that God has for your life, I mentioned this earlier, but it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. In fact, I would say that it's more beautiful than we could even possibly imagine what it is that God has for our lives. We don't know what it is sometimes, but I assure you it's a beautiful thing. And I was thinking of a, of a story with our youth group whenever we were, uh, we, had a, we worked with a youth group in the Indianapolis area for uh, about 10 or 12 years. And uh, we, had, we used to go every year on a big trip. We would, uh, it, it was, we would do camp and we would do things like that. But once a year, we would just take a big trip and we would go someplace. And so we went to places like New York City, we went to Washington, D.C., and we went to Atlanta one time and, and uh, went to Gatlinburg, and just, just places across the Midwest, we'd make a big trip. Now here, here we prepare this trip, a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for these kids. Many of these kids have never even left the state. They get an opportunity to take a big trip like this. And, and we, we had done fundraisers throughout the year. Most of them didn't even have to pay for the trip. A, a great opportunity. And we would look at that and we would say, man, what an awesome thing. What a, what a great opportunity to go on that trip and to see this and to witness this. But, uh, and I'm not trying to be down on the kids, but I'll tell you, sometimes their focus wasn't on that experience that they were having. Sometimes their focus was on that they had to sit by that person for seven hours while we were driving. Sometimes their focus was on that they were hungry. A lot of times their focus was on they wanted to stop and use the bathroom about every 20 minutes, I feel like, actually. But their, their focus was on something other than this, this incredible opportunity, this experience that they had. I was reading something this week uh, about the Bridger Wilderness, and I've not been there. It's in, uh, I think it's in Wyoming, and we actually used to do uh, an out west trip with our teenagers. As a matter of fact, I think they went to Wyoming some other places. Um, but the Bridger Wilderness, uh, and I think I actually, I, I forgot, but I, did I drop a picture of that in here? I think I may have just done a Google search, but this is a, a gorgeous, gorgeous place. Um, it, many of you, I know we live in, in, in an area that there's just a lot of beautiful scenery around here, a lot of nature. You've probably been to Yosemite or you've been to the Sequoias, and we have all these, these beautiful things, and they're, they're um, deliberately left natural. That's part of the beauty, right? We went a little bit, uh, uh, maybe a couple months ago, we took a trip up to Yosemite, and we took a hike up to uh, uh, where we could see uh, this huge waterfall, and there's a few of them, and I don't remember the name of it, but we went, we hiked up, and there were so many stairs that we had to go up, and as we're going up the stairs, the wind, I think it was called the mist trail, the wind was just blowing all this mist over on us, and we have pictures that I wouldn't dare show you. We look awful. We're, we're like wet dogs, you know. The, the, it's just covering us. And it, it was a great experience. And, and that, was, that was what we were trying to focus on. But a funny story about this place is whenever they opened this up, they, uh, they wanted to get feedback from people on what they thought of it. And so they, they gave them comment cards that they could say, hey, w you know, what did you think of this? And here is some of the comment cards that came in from this place when they opened up. Some people said the trails need to be wider so that people can walk holding hands. Now again, this is a gorgeous thing that they can experience. The trails need to be reconstructed. Please avoid building trails that go uphill. 
I'll vote for that. I don't, I don't know how you'd do it, but there's too many bugs and leeches and spiders and spider webs. Please spray the wilderness to get rid of these pests. Please pave the trails so they can be snowplowed during the winter. Chairlifts would be nice so that some places that we can't, uh, so that we won't have to hike to some of these places. We can just take a ride. That coyotes made too much noise last night and they kept me awake. Please eradicate these annoying animals. This might be my favorite. A small deer came into my camp and stole my jar of pickles. Is there a way I could get reimbursed? It, uh, but as, as we go through, there's a few more I'm going to uh, spare you, but uh, as, as we go through these, we see that they're, they're focused. They're, there's this, this beautiful place that they have an opportunity to experience, but rather than focusing on this beauty that God's created, they're focusing on some of the negative things. They're focusing on the problems that are there. And so what I am saying uh, with this point is rather than focusing on problems that do sometimes exist, let's focus on the purpose that God has for us. Let's move to number two here. Are you focused on becoming or finding? Are you focused on becoming or finding? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. But instead of that, we want to focus on the other things. It, rather than focusing on God and, and letting those things take care of themselves, we want to focus on the other thing. I think a good example of this is in relationships, whether it's marriage, dating, or friendship. Uh, have you heard this before? I'm just trying to find the right person. Or sometimes people will say, happiness is in finding the right person. And I think, uh, I think this is uh, one of the things I could say about this is that sometimes we focus so much on finding that person and that they're going to provide us with that joy and that fulfillment that we don't focus on being who we should be. I think that if we'll focus on who we should be and who God has designed us to be, uh, then those other things will work themselves out. Uh, I'm afraid that we spend a lot of our lives trying to find that thing that's going to complete us. And this, this flows over into other things than just relationships. There, there are so many times in our lives that we say, when I find that thing, that's going to take care of all my problems. When I find a better job, my problems will be solved. When I get more money, that's, that's when I'm going to serve the Lord. That's when I'm going to start tithing. As soon as I get more money, when I find a better house, when I, when I find somebody that loves me for who I am, when I find health, when I find extra time, whenever I get a better car, and we focus so much on finding that thing that we lose our focus on being what God really wants us to be. A few, uh, a few months ago, uh, maybe about a month or so ago, Bryn sent me a text message and I was here in the office and she said, hey, when are you going to be home? You know, I need the car. And this isn't super uncommon right now. We, we're just a one-car family, and so sometimes she makes plans, and, you know, when I get off work, I've got to rush straight home so she can use the car to go buy something, usually, that she found on Facebook or something. And so she, she sent me a message, and I didn't think a lot of it. And uh, so I got in the car, you know, time to leave. I go home, and I get home. I open the door. I'm coming through the garage, heading into the kitchen. She meets me there. She walks straight out the door, doesn't say a word, grabs the key from me, gets to the car, and she leaves. And I, okay, you know, not, she's really wanting to buy something today. So I, I go on in the house, and one of the kids are standing there, and right away, whichever one it was says, did mommy tell you what happened? I said, no, I did, you know, she didn't tell me what happened. I assume she found something to buy, you know. And uh, she said, somebody stole her bike. Yeah, I think it was Lily, and I was like, oh, man, what happened, you know? She said they'd, they'd rode their bikes down to the store, 
And uh, they went in the store and they saw a guy come and take her bike and ride off with it. Brenna just bought that bike, you know, she loves riding her bike. And she wanted to get it back. And she was focused on getting it back. She got in the car and she went trying to find her bike or that person. I think she really just wanted the bike, but she hadn't worked any of that out. She was just focused on the finding. I, I, I called her and uh, I thought it was a bad idea, you know, for her to go try and find that. And I called her and uh, I, I, she didn't answer because she knew I'd try and talk her out of it. But I left her a voicemail and I was like, what, like, what exactly is the plan here? Are you going to ground him or take his iPod? Like, this is usually what she does when she's angry. Uh, hit him with your purse, maybe? At best. She, she had no idea what she was going to do if she found the guy or she found the bike. No idea. She was so focused just on finding it. There, there was no plan. There was a, but I think in life, sometimes we do the same thing. That there, we're just so focused on finding that thing that we think is going to bring us pleasure, that we think is going to make us happy, that we think is going to solve all of our problems. If you're like me, I've, I'm, I'm being honest, I've done this a thousand times. I, I find something, I get my, my head set on it. As soon as I get this thing, I'll have it, I'll just start saving money then because this, this thing is going to make me, as soon as I get this car, as soon as I get the iPhone 10, as soon as I get this new computer, as soon, and, and it goes, the list goes on and on, and we're, we're convinced that finding that thing, but the truth is we spend all of our time, we spend all of our focus on finding, and we, we lose out on becoming and being what it is that God wants us to be, and I think, I think we've got to spend some time focusing on that. I'll tell you one other thing that we focus on in that same area. We tend to tell ourselves uh, when it comes to relationships and other people, well, I'll pour myself into other people's lives when I get more to pour into their lives. But that's not at all how God's economy works. In fact, it works the other way around. As we pour into other people's lives, God gives us more to pour. Now, what I'm saying is focus on being who God's told you to be, and I, you are going to love it. That's what I'm saying. You're going to love it. Be who God wants you to be. Let's move on to the next one. We'll move quickly here. Number three, are you focused on then or now. Verse 34 says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Corey Ten Boom, a famous quote, said, Worry does not empty itself, uh, or worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, it only empties today of its strength. You know, I will say, when, when I read this verse, it says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, I will say that my thought goes to not only the future, but it goes to the past. I think that I probably don't have to tell you that sometimes it, it doesn't really help us to focus on the past. Sometimes it just helps us to move past that. But I'll say this too. I think that those of us that want to move past the past, we know the importance of that. We may struggle with it sometimes, but we understand the importance of moving on. And so I don't want to spend a lot of time there this morning, but I will say this. Sometimes we like to focus on the future. I, I asked this in the first service. Have you ever gone to the future? Not physically, just, just in your mind. Have you gone to the future before? It's a great place. If you haven't been there, I'm telling you, it's a great place. In the future, everything works out. In the future, all your bills are paid. In the future, you have a 30-inch waist. And I have a 20-inch bicep. The, the future, it's a great place because it's all left to your imagination. Whatever it is that you come up with, for the future to be, 
That's what it'll be. For some of you, the future means your kids are out of diapers. You can quit paying for diapers. You can quit changing diapers. Bryn wants to quit paying. I want to quit changing. We don't have diapers, thankfully. But you, you're, you're done with changing diapers. For some of you, your, your kids are out of high school. For some of you, your kids are out of the house. How great will that be one day when I get there in the future? But in the future, we think about, we think about all these great things, but it, it, the, the future is a great place to visit. But the fact is, we can't live there. We can't live in the future. The only way to get to the future is to go through today. And we have to focus on today. We have to focus on the here and now. I'm afraid that we often treat our relationship with God the same way that we would treat a diet or an exercise program or anything like that. And we, we, we treat it that we're going to start it tomorrow. Tomorrow is the day that I'm going to start go into connection group. Tomorrow's the day that I'm going to start saturating myself in God's word. Tomorrow is the day that I'm going to get in, in the position to, to receive all that God has for me. And the truth is, for many of us, tomorrow never comes. That day that we're talking about, and I, I don't, I don't want to discourage you, but, but the truth is, even though we think of what tomorrow will be, many, many times it doesn't shape up exactly like we're expecting or exact, exactly like we're hoping. But we've tricked ourselves into thinking that our life really starts when the next stage begins. And that leads us on to our next point. Number four, are you focused on the blessing or the burden? And there's a lot of different ways we can approach this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach this specifically this morning in, in the area of relationships. Are you focused on the blessing or the burden? This is when we're going to read this uh, uh, chapter 7, verse number 1. It says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Now, many of us, we read this passage of Scripture, and probably all of us have some idea what we think this means. I'll tell you what most of us thinks it, think that this passage means. Don't judge me. Hey, leave me alone. Mind your own business. You don't worry about me. I'm going to do me. You do you, and we'll, we'll all just get along. Well, that's what we start to think. Just don't judge. That's, that's really what we focus on. But you know, as we read farther into this, we just read verse number three. I think this is actually telling us shift your focus. It's saying rather than seeing that, that speck in his eye, why don't you look at that big thing you've got in your own eye? Shift your focus. Rather than looking at that person as being a burden, realize that they could actually be a blessing. And I think that we do this a lot of times in the area of relationships. We, we think that it says, leave me alone, but it's, it's just saying shift your focus. I noticed a couple things about this verse. First thing I notice is that if you're going to see a speck in somebody's eye, now just, just functionally and very literally, if you're going to see a speck in somebody's eye, you've got to be pretty close to them. Pretty close to see a speck in somebody's eye. I'm, I'm here this morning, I'm pretty close to some of the people here on the front row. I cannot see what's in your eye. I can't see if you have a speck in your eye. I, some of you, I can't hardly see who, who you are. Uh, most, mostly I can, but Jackie, that's you over there, right? But I can't see if you have a speck in your eye. And the truth is, what we do a lot of times is that those people that are the closest to us, the ones that know us the best, the ones that love us the most, those are the people that we start to see as a burden. Those, those are the ones we start to see a speck in their eye, a problem with, with them and what they've done. It's funny how we choose those that are closest to us that, that we think that they are the root of our burden. 
And what we do is we project upon them our happiness. We, we say that I'm not happy because they have that problem, because they don't perform the way I want them to perform, because they don't think about me the way that I want them to think about me. Uh, another thing that we sometimes do is we sometimes are afraid to get close to other people because we're afraid of what they might see in our eye. Maybe they'll see a speck in our eye. I, I think this is true sometimes even, uh, even at church. I think about our, our connection groups, and I don't know this to be the case, but is it possible that maybe you, you're afraid to get plugged in or afraid to get uh, to know someone more deeply, get involved in discipleship or, or get involved in a connection group because you might, you're afraid what somebody else might think of you or what, what they might see in your eye? Uh, this, this is the honest truth. I've been in a lot of connection groups in our church, and, and we have a connection group that we do in our home. And what you'll find out when you come to connection group, when you come to a small group, is that we're all serving the same God, and we all have a lot of the same problems. Uh, we, we all have a speck in our eye or, or a moat in our eye. And I, I, I'd encourage you, don't let that stop you uh, from getting involved. If you're close to that someone, there's probably a point in your relationship and this is what I'm getting to. There's probably a point in your relationship when you chose to focus on something else. And this has played out uh, a great example of this in a marriage relationship. Those of you that are married, do you remember when you first met your spouse? When you first met your spouse, you chose to focus on all those good things, right? Oh man, she is so funny. She's, she's just so, she's always happy and she's always giving or he's, he's so laid back and I just, I just love the way. I remember uh, when Brent and I were dating, we, we came to that point in our relationship, right? So at first everything is, um, you know, you're kind of getting to know each other and then you get to that point where you say the L word. You guys know what that is, right? You say, oh, I love you. And then guys don't always do this, but girls like to do this. They'll say, oh, why do you love me? And then you have to take a deep breath. Just buy some time. You got to think, got to think. And it can't be superficial, right? At that, at that point, you've got to have like some substance. You've got to come up with like a real reason that you, and you, and you think and you say, oh, I love you because, and, and, and we give those reasons. I love you because you're just so lovable. You're just so lovable. You know, you, 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 it's hard not to love you. It's impossible. We, we say all these things, but we really do, at, at that portion of our relationship, at that stage of our relationship, and even when you're, when you're very first married, you choose to focus on all of those good things. But what happens is, not only does your, shift, your, your focus shift, but sometimes you start to kind of reframe those things. When you were dating him, you said, man, I just really love how laid back he is. Nothing really gets him worked up. And then you've been married a few years, and you say, he's lazy. He never does anything. He's always laying around, laid back. I don't like that, you know. You, you, you shift the way that you view that thing. Uh, when, when Bryn and I were dating, I remember she told me that one of the things she loved about me was that I don't take things too seriously. And that's backfired, like, throughout our marriage so many times. She'd wish I would just take something seriously. I, I also remember this. I probably shouldn't even tell this, but when, when our, our very first date, uh, we went to, I think it was Applebee's. I think we went bowling and we went to Applebee's and we were teenagers. We were young, you know. And I remember I was trying to impress her and I don't know why I thought this would impress her. But at the dinner table, at a restaurant, I belched the entire alphabet. The whole alphabet belched it right there at the table. She said, I'm going to marry that man. I'm going to marry that man. 
She was, she was really attracted to that at the time. No, I'm kidding. She was, but, but apparently she chose to focus on something else, right? I, I, I doubt she married me because I could belch the ABCs. I followed it up with, now I belched my ABCs. Next time, won't you belch with me? It was, I, I was so proud of myself. But no, over the years, over the years, that, that changes. I'll tell you a funny story. that I, I hadn't written this into my sermon, but it happened just last night. We, uh, uh, we got the bright idea that we wanted, we wanted to have some sushi. And we don't have it often, but I, I sent Brenda to get some sushi, and one of the kids is in here. They're about to find out what we did. But we locked the door to the bedroom, and we ate sushi in our bedroom. We let the kids do their thing. They watch Netflix or whatever. Some of you are acting like you've never done that, and you're lying. You've done it. You, you've gone in the bathroom and locked the door and ate Oreos before. Some of you don't even have kids. You've done this with your pets. Just for a little bit, just give me some time to myself. Let me eat my, but we, we did that last night. And I know we're, we're not the best parents, but she, and she, she brought me a drink. I've been drinking these sparkling waters and um, I, I ate my sushi and I took that sparkling water and I just guzzled it down. And one of those little devils snuck up on me and I, I burped, right, just right there. And she looks at me and she goes, seriously? And I just thought, babe, this is why you married me. You, you remember we were dating? I belched my ABCs. Yeah, this is what attracted you to me. No, seriously, though, we, do, we shift our focus sometimes. I think this is, this is so true in relationships. We, do, we change our focus, and we, rather than focusing on, hey, those bad things were there. When you were dating that person, they, those bad things were there then. You just chose not to focus on them. Here's what I found out. This, this is so true. If you're looking for a problem, if you're looking to focus on a burden, you will find it. It's true. Any area of your life, if, if you want to find a problem, you'll find it. You want to find a problem at your job, go to work in the morning or next time you go to work, look for a problem. I'll guarantee you, you'll find it. You want to find a problem with our church, Meet me at the back. I got a list. I'll show, no, I'm just kidding. Seriously, if you want to find a problem with our church, you'll find a problem with our church. You'll find a problem at your job. You'll find a problem with your spouse. You'll find a problem with, with uh, uh, another uh, uh, co-laborer or co-worker. If you want to find a problem, you will find it. What will make the difference is what you choose to focus on. You can choose to focus on those problems that absolutely exist. I'm not saying that problems don't sometimes exist. I'm not saying that sometimes you won't have burdens that come into your life. Choose not to focus on it. It's not always easy. I'm not saying it's easy at all, but I am saying you will find what you're looking for. Have you ever been around somebody maybe that they always see the problem with everything? Maybe you go see a movie and, they, and you, you think, man, that was a great movie, and they say, ah, it would have been good if it ended differently they would have changed it at the end. Or maybe you go to an event and you say, man, I really had a good time. Well, I would have had a good time if it wasn't so hot and the, and the appetizer wasn't cold and you know, all these things. And, and not all of us take it to that level, but sometimes we do choose to focus on the burden rather than seeing the blessing through it. We just need to sh shift our focus. I'm going to close with this, and this is, this is the, the end that I've pretty much already given you, so we'll be quick here. Finally, are you focused on God or are you focused on your circumstances? 
I, I said it earlier, but we can't always control our circumstances. I wish I could control my circumstances. I wish I could control people around me. I wish that everything always wanted the way that I, everything always went the way that I wanted it to go. But here's what I found out. It doesn't take long to figure this out. Things don't go your way. Things, that, that thing that is going to make you happy, it's not always going to happen. That, 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 uh, that person that you want to like you, they're not always going to like you. I saw something on Facebook this week and a person just posted, this was their status. Some people, dot, dot, dot. That's all they said. And somebody got on and they said, I know you're talking about me. <laughs> man, it escalates so fast. But man, what, what, a, what a way to focus on that. What a, what a way to, fo maybe they're saying some people, I just love some people. I, I don't think that's what they're saying, but they could have been. We, we choose to focus on what we want to focus on. We said, man, I, I know what they're talking about. They're mad about what I just posted. They're mad about that meme I shared. They're mad about the last time that they saw me at church. I didn't shake their hand or I, I was in a hurry. We, we, we tend to project all of this stuff and we choose to focus on sometimes negative things that don't exist. I'm saying we don't always have control over all that. We don't always have control over those circumstances that happen and what people do and what people say, but we do have control over what we focus on. If we want to focus on God, it may not be easy, but we can choose to focus on God and what he has for us. And here's the point of the entire sermon. If you will focus on God, you will position yourself in the best place possible to receive the blessings that he has for you. They're already there. God already has what you need. Not only does God have, or not only does God know what you need, God has what you need. Are you choosing to focus on him this morning? Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.